Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Breakdown Podcast as we open season two, season two. Season two, get into it, two fingers, please. Season two, episode one. You thought we was done with this. (laughs) You thought we weren't coming back. Yet here we are. And getting back, okay? Backer and blacker than (laughs) ever. Back and blacker than ever. (laughs) Just like you like um, <laughs> how you feeling, yes. Beans? How you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling cold within my skin. Um, I'm yeah. feeling good. Girl, don't come at me with that Beyonce that she just, just <laughs> went to the damn tour. You know yes. I ain't been here. I'm just saying that's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> you just come back from the, the Beyonce tour acting real brand new. I mean, you know, that's what happens when you experience that. That experience, you know, she put that spell on us. Yeah, I know um, she did. And that's what that's what happens. You just walk around in a glove for days. I cannot wait for <laughs> my, my my time is coming up at the end of the month, so I can't. Your wait. time is coming, and yours is probably gonna be way better because you're gonna be in our hometown. So that's even better. In the Houston, I just got my outfit too. I'm so excited. Yeah, I, just got, I just got my little rouge, my <laughs> little <laughs> rouge top. <laughs> <laughs> yes, rooftop. Give the people what they want. I'm giving them a, a little silver rooftop. They're not ready for me today. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it to them. But yeah, so we're back. It's season two. I'm so glad to be recording again. I was actually really excited to come back and start start recording with you again. I enjoy. I'm excited too. I was like, oh, we're back into it. But I'm seasoned now. You know, we're not newbies to this game no more. Yeah, we are seasoned professionals. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So we're back. So in this um, opening episode of our season two, I wanted to discuss because there's been a lot going on. It's been a lot long summer, child, and a lot has happened, and a lot of a lot more social racial injustices going on and we're just sitting here trying to strive and just trying to get through the day right so mm-hmm. um i think it's important that we talk about safe spaces especially with um the onslaught you know of just mass shootings going mm-hmm. on targeting us as black folks and just not just that but just um the the young black man the young gay black man that was killed in new york and it's just like where do we have our safe space right so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today so for our icebreaker question i want to know what is your safe space what does what does safe space mean to you I would say for myself, a safe space is really my home. I try to make my home a safe space. Um, I don't have a lot of company, only like my family or like my close friends come over with mm-hmm. an advanced warning. And <laughs> I try to make my house as like comfortable as possible and kind of like well stocked with like snacks and blankets and cute decor. So like I feel comfortable in this space. Yeah. Um, so I would probably say that's like my number one safe space. I would say. Okay, I think that's super important. I would, um, I would have to echo that for myself. I think because a lot of people are like, well, they try to go outside the box, but I really do love being at home. I love my space. I feel like if you can't be like 
super comfortable and super chill and feel super safe at home like where the hell can you be safe at and i think it's the safest that i'm gonna feel um especially like because anything could happen the minute i walk out my front door so <laughs> the safest i can make myself feel is at home so i try to try to keep it try to keep it cozy as well um very selective about people that i let into my space which mm-hmm. is difficult because i live with somebody who is also very social so <laughs> that's something we kind of had to work he's on. he's a host he likes to host he likes to host and i enjoy hosting too but i enjoy i don't enjoy like like last minute hosting i'm like enjoy people just like coming up stairs like i'm hey i'm coming upstairs with blah 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 i'm like wait a minute like i need to have forewarned notice that you're bringing somebody in the house like i just don't like all that energy like that often when i'm not prepared for it so um yeah i'm very selective i just try to keep everything i like in my space i like my bedroom nice and cozy i like a nice chill vibe um chilly room i like to feel cold um for my food and my snacks and my tvr child i'm just like i like to be there um because that's where heaven is Heaven is right there, okay? <laughs> Heaven is Heaven. always right there in my home. Every time okay. I hear, da dong I know it's <laughs> I'm, like, I'm in that spot. <laughs> Let me lean back into this couch. Yes, Lord. Just a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, really, I've really been trying to be very intentional this year about, like, keeping my space clean and organized and making sure it is reflective of, like, how I'm feeling in the moment. I just got, like, some new... Um, some little like fall decor going and i got a new rug and i got some a little bit of artwork on my on my wall that it's like arabic blessings and stuff and so i'm just trying to like really make my space like comfortable because you know i have anxiety and every time i go out i'm always like mm-hmm. i don't know what's gonna happen <laughs> like, no that's so true i don't know what's gonna happen and i mean you know these stories are getting wilder and wilder so i have gotten very comfortable being at home in my space um, I got streaming services and snacks and blankies and I am good. <laughs> and that's all you really need. I think we really created this idea of like, I think because our home is the only place we can really control what goes on and to some degree, right? Like, yeah. we can't control what happens when we walk out that door, but like when we come in here and lock this door, we can control our environment. Like you said, keeping it clean and neat is a way of like controlling what's happening in 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 the space and so because we don't have that control anywhere else i think that helps um that definitely helps me adjust you do like a good seasonal seasonal <laughs> arrangement honey like a good seasonal fall i like a nice decor. decor if you come over you're gonna when you come over you're gonna be like Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> here we go here we go my mama came in and said it's september <laughs> 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 yeah, please. And I'm so, she said, I'm so glad I didn't bring your grandma. She would have seen that skeleton and turned right back around. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Come on in, girl. Come on in, girl. She said, Bean said, I'm like Target. I start super early <laughs> with my arrangement. As soon as uh, I went into Michael's, they had their shit up. I said, Let me get a basket because <laughs> <laughs> I need to be ready. What I'm always in is seasonal formation, okay? <laughs> and I love it. And I love it. I said shit. Oh my goodness, that's too funny. That was a good icebreaker, though. I love that. Cool. So, um, so that's kind of a start. So we'll take a little break, and then we'll be right back to get into our topic today, which is safe spaces. Okay. 
and we're back. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I and I know you I missed just it. Did. I, I know you did. did. I, I know did. you did. Um, yeah. <laughs> so our, our icebreaker started off with us just talking about like our safe spaces. And I wanted to talk about this because um, I saw a story in the Guardian, and it talks about um, basically how us as Black folks we carry this existing trauma already just because of how we exist in society and how it really affects how we can feel safe like where our safe spaces are what we um, what we can do in society to make us feel like this because we don't really have safe spaces anymore um a little expert from the, uh, excerpt from the article says that the threat of being targeted and dis- discriminated against extends to almost every public space according to kenneth hardy a therapist and expert in racial trauma. And the fear then becomes internalized, especially as hate crimes in the U.S. are on the rise. Where is the safe space for Black people to be? Tardy asks. Not church, not the playground, not the supermarket, not the library, not universities, not the classroom. There's nowhere. So there's a consistent anxiety that Black people live with, right? Um, the racialized violence that we've seen at the hands of police officers has led Black people in black communities to feel as if there's no one we can call there's no one we can sort of trust to value us as much as we value each other and so i was just thinking about like my own experiences with this and just like how i have come to be so anxious just when i walk in society and when i um go to the grocery store when i go to target we just mentioned target or just any space i'm always not on the lookout of like what might happen, what could happen. I'm looking at the exits and the doors. I'm looking at who's coming in and out because there's just no way of knowing when it's going to be that day. I feel like we consistently live in this space. I mean, um, you could say everybody does, but because of our racial trauma and how we are targeted, like, I cannot really feel safe anywhere I go. Like, I've just got into the space where I can go back to, like, a music festival or, like, go to those kind of things. But even then... I'm still on high alert the whole time I'm there. Like, uh, you know, how's the safest way for me to get out? I can never feel completely comfortable. And so I think about like those two girls and everybody made fun of them. The, oh my God, if we can't go to Bella, no, where can we go? <laughs> where can we go? Right? Where can but we go? So, those girls were so real. And that's, I think why the viral, the meme went viral because I feel like everybody laughed, but we all felt her too, though. Like, because really, where can you go? <laughs> like, right, there's right. nowhere to go. There's literally nowhere to go, like you said, when you can feel at ease. And I think that our our country in particular has been kind of existing in this space since probably like 9-11. And I feel like it has gotten continuously worse since 9-11. Just as our culture, like our, we just live in a very fear-based culture in general. But I think a lot of the reason why it is for us, like you said, maybe more of a, it might be a little bit higher for us, I think is because we are always, you know, like I tell people all the time, the train that is never late is the anti-blackness train. Like we're always, (laughs) that's hard. Like literally, like it can be somebody who has never set foot in America and they won't speak no English. But let me tell you what they do know how to say. They have nigga in their language somewhere. And they know. We right. don't fuck with those ones. Like, and I just always find that very sad. But I am very aware of it. So I think it's like, it's true. Like you said, when I go to places, 
I'm always keeping my head on a swivel. I'm always looking for exits. I'm always keeping an eye on whoever somebody looking suspicious or standing too close to me in line or like, and I think that is one of the reasons why I like to be home so much because I can, like you said, I can control my environment when I'm at home. I don't have to worry as much about, you know, oh, I'm over here getting my nails done and somebody, you know, opens fire in a shot. Like, you know, it's very stressful to think like that all the time, but unfortunately that's just a part of being an American now. You have to think like that all the time, especially a black American. And I think, yeah, that's super true. And it's like, and I think that's where I want to make sure like we understand because a lot of people try to bring up the argument, well, everybody, you know, nobody can feel safe. Like we, you know, they always want to try to, when we try to separate and express our, our identities in a way where it's like, no, we have a very specific trauma as to why we feel like this and why we continue to feel like this. Yes, we all in one, one shape or a form or another do have this, but those and we always come back to this too, like intersectionalities of just what that means to live in a perpetual state of trauma, just because it is something that affects you physiologically. And, you know, this isn't just emotional. Like we have physiological changes that go in our body, like fight or flight syndromes that go on. And we can are perpetually in a state of like fight or flight almost all the time because we're just not sure what's going to happen. And so I think it's just so important for us as especially black Americans to look at that and look at the history behind why this trauma is like continuing to exist right now. And it's like you said, I don't think it's going anywhere. I don't think it's getting any better. And I'm not even really sure like what the answer for that is, because I do think it's also creating a space where a lot of us are just scared to leave mm-hmm. the house. And we are just scared like to go out and enjoy ourselves and, and live life. And for some people that's easier, like, well, you can't live in fear, but at the same time, when fear is consistent, what do you do? You what do you do? Like, I also think that people type, tend to weaponize safe spaces a little bit. Mm-hmm. So safe spaces in terms of like not your physical sp- safe spaces, but like, you know, they, they'll have specific safe spaces for like women or for yes. um, queer people or for specific races or for, you know, disability, like whatever it looks like. And I feel like people tend to weaponize those sometimes in terms of like, they try to invalidate the need for those spaces if they are not a part of that demographic. And I feel like that, sorry, I feel like that is really frustrating sometimes. And yeah. I think that also contributes to people being like, well, I'm just going to stay home because it is very frustrating. Like if I specifically seek out a specific space, there is a reason for it. Whether right. you agree with the reasoning or not, it's irrelevant. This is because my space this space has been created to like hold space for certain people so people are constantly like well you know why do they need that and why do they need that and what and and why can't you know why can't we all just do this and why can't we all just do that and i think that that can be very frustrating and that can be very draining for people who are trying to like be in community with others that are like them for whatever reason and people are trying to use it against you like you're being like you're the bad guy you're the weirdo for trying to create that space and you're the you're in the wrong the rest of us are not wrong you're wrong <laughs> like and just be, yeah just because you don't understand it doesn't mean that it's not worthy for somebody else and why they need it I, it just makes me think of like even with the thing with O'Shea Sibley and like <clears throat> y'all are complaining like Y'all are complaining we're in the streets. You don't want to see that shit. You want to, like, take that gay dancing out of here. We don't want to see that. It's not associated, so you kill this man. Blah, blah, blah. 
it doesn't make any sense because when we have our own spaces, let's say we take that to our own clubs and you know our own house, doing house dance and all that shit in our own space, then y'all don't want to come in our spaces, come in our areas, and, and come. And it's like we're not bothering you. We don't come into or your the, churches or, or the worst, or the ones who aren't attacking and who just come in and take over. Or exactly, like, that's true. and they forget that this space was not created for them. Like sometimes you have to step back. This. You, if there is a space and it is men only, I don't want to hear, but I'm queer as well. Okay, but do you identify as a male? No, right. well, then get the fuck out. Like, because they had that space for a reason. And I, you can't be mad at them saying, no, we don't want any people who do not identify as male in this space. That's legit. Like, that's legitimate. And I've heard people be like, well, no, because, you know, no, that's not right. And it, like, no, like, that's what it is. We don't want to hear your story of why it should be the way it is. It's not. So you got to just like make your own space if that's how you feel. The party that my husband went to that his friend did invite him to, but it was like a lesbian, a black lesbian event thing, like hosted at a bar. And he, you know, I don't think they were tripping. She was like, oh, come with me. I want somebody to go. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go too because I don't want to invade that space. And you, you yeah. Know, it's like space. In, yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not for me. Like that space is not for me. And I want them to have their space to do what they want to do with and be comfortable to say what they have to say and express how they have to express. So yeah, I think that's so yeah. true also. I think people just have to, I think sometimes a lot of, a lot of times, <laughs> um, a lot of it is just ego. Like it's really just ego and feeling like, I need to take up space wherever I go. And I I partially understand the feeling like, okay, I want to do this and I want to be my most authentic self and take up space everywhere I go. But I think sometimes people have to remember too to kind of release some of that ego and just be willing to step back and just acknowledge that maybe, like we said, there is a need here or there is a trigger here that I don't see or I'm not aware of because... I don't have the same experiences as these other people and just and just be okay with that. Right. Like that's okay. Sometimes you don't have to understand. It's not for you to understand because it's not your experience. But you need to be okay just saying, okay, let me step back. <laughs> let me just step back and let this play out the way it needs to play out so that this person can feel safe. And I think that's where people kind of lose the messaging sometimes when they have these safe spaces because I think we also got to hold our creators of the spaces accountable as well because mm. if I come to an event and this is how it was sold to me and then I get there and it's the total opposite or I don't feel comfortable in this space because you have opened it to everybody mm. then I need to be able to voice my opinion with that as well without being seen as div divisive or yeah. confrontational because people will try to do that too like well well, this is like, you know, yeah, we started this for us, but we don't want to exclude anybody. Well, maybe we should. Right. Because, and as the leader or the person who's running this, I need you to be okay saying that or step back and let somebody else be the leader who can. I think that is, that's so true. I feel like, I think sometimes people get overwhelmed. Like they take on a responsibility and maybe they don't think about like the grand scheme of what taking on the responsibility of this space is and so then it becomes like well i created it for this but now like now you're feeling this pressure to make it something where it was never intended to be and i think that's kind of where we went back to 
what we kind of talked about last season, like if you're going to be about it all the way and you're going to say you're be, you're going to be about something like really be about it. Don't just like start that conversation and start building this space up. And then the minute you get some kind of challenge behind it, you're like, well, you know, maybe I can give it a little here and there. And it's like, <laughs> no. Well, yeah. I definitely think like, it starts, with, it starts with whales and now you don't speak your own language. That's how it starts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, well, they don't seem so bad. Now you want to hold the continent working for the rest of your generations. No. <laughs> that is how it starts. Okay. Stick to your guns. Okay. The answer is no. The answer is no. You're not welcome. No. Sorry. And then also, we're the, not um, teaching you, <laughs> you our practice. No. 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 They're not figuring it out. It's a no for me. Um, it's a no. Gotta be a no for me. It's above me now. It's a no for me. Um, uh, uh, they also mentioned an article that university students, especially those attending HBCUs, can also experience uh, trauma in this regard, with Hardy noting that they may find it difficult to concentrate or have nightmares in the coming weeks just because the shooter in, the, in Jacksonville was at Edwards Waters campus. Um, and there were several like bomb threats at several HBCUs across the country. Um, Hardy said, I don't know how you can feel safe on the college campus knowing that the shooter came there first. Um, and this goes along with it. It just shows that not only are our safe spaces affected by, you know, just people with ill intent, but we have laws in place and we're having legislation being put in place that are affecting how our safe spaces are are, are moving forward, right? Like you think like all the laws in Florida, um, the conservative laws passing against like teaching of African-American studies and what that means and what's considered acceptable and what's not considered acceptable. And so when you have all this shit backed by legislators, when you have this shit backed by people who are supposed to be in the best interest of you um, and creating a, creating a safe space in your state or creating a safe culture in your state and they're like, hey, backing the bullshit, then that just further causes people to feel just unsafe in their environment. You got people leaving, black people, I've seen them on Instagram and couples I follow just deciding they want to leave Florida and just leave in droves and move away from communities and environments they've been around their whole life because they don't feel safe anymore. And it's like, that is so unfair for people to completely uproot everything they know and everything they've existed in because now they they don't feel supported or they don't feel like they can do anything within um, their community because they don't feel safe because a all the shit that's going to attack them is backed by local legislation. I mean, and that's the first steps like to those shows like Handmaid's Tale and all those things where we have these just the dystopian societies. With the well, maybe no, no. Okay, now I'm under his eye. No. <laughs> under his watchful eye. Right. <laughs> under his watchful eye. You have to nick that in the butt. The answer is no. Okay. <laughs> we won't be doing that. Because as soon as you give them an inch, they take them all. Everybody. They take them all. It's really ridiculous. I'm like, that's bullshit. Um, I just also want people to understand, like, when we talk about safe spaces, it's not necessarily, and it doesn't have to be like a group or an organization or like, an actual physical manifestation of what a space is. A safe space can also just be like um, a person, right? Maybe this person is your safe space. And when you're around them and you're in community with this one individual, this is your safe space. Or just um, maybe thinking about something. I use this in my job too, like thinking about 
a specific happy time or something that brings you joy mentally going there in your head um specific thoughts can be your safe space so i think sometimes we have to create safe spaces even if it's just for ourselves um that can help us kind of get through the bullshit on a daily basis that represent how we can go like within ourselves and find that safe community if we can't find it anywhere else you know what i'm saying i think that's harder to do um i know for me one of the things i kind of like to do is i just sit back and now that i have my dog um i didn't realize how much i needed like that emotional support until i got her and like what that has meant for me moving forward like she is also like my safe space like i just find comfort in having her around and having that love around me and just being which i do i mean i've been loved by humans and i'm loved by people too but there's just something different that comes up with this animal that is lightweight dependent on me all the time but also like shows me affection and shows me compassion no matter what state i'm in and no matter what i look like and how i am just like Feeling that love from something else is very comforting to me. It creates a safe space. So I just want to encourage people to find your safe space, whatever that is, also. Oh, that's beautiful. No. <laughs> I just feel like, you know, we have to we have to open up these spaces. We have to open up sections where we feel like what is going on in the world today? It's just so <laughs> much going on in the world today, child. Today, Lord, today. <laughs> <laughs> Our days. <laughs> Our days are fucking numbered. So. Oh no! <laughs> Terrible. I'm just saying, but I also believe like even podcasts like this can be a safe space, right? Like, because I think even us starting this, and you know, sometimes there's a lot of backlash for podcasts that are specifically like this is a black podcast, this is for black people, um, and then there could be the backlash from other people being like, well, how is it okay for you to have this space? as a black podcast and all this and say this is just for you but if we say it's for only for white people um then it's a problem hey you can make your white only podcast all you gotta do is go on spotify and there's a thousand right that part no one's stopping you clearly (laughs) (laughs) you have a majority of them that's the kind of what it is but like do we feel safe like coming and listening to your shit when you're going to be in there talking about all kind of shit that we don't agree with or don't understand like just because you come in our space and don't understand it, I think that's also um, one of the problems. I think even when you mentioned like the shit with like DJ Khaled um, opening for Beyonce, right? And bringing out all these rappers who are knowingly homophobic and misogynistic and like bringing them into this space. Like, I think that's a way of like violating a safe space that's been created for people to come to a concert and just enjoy and being celebrated for who they are. I think that's a violation of safe space. I thought it was absolutely a violation. Like when I saw, well, you know, we were talking about it earlier. I thought it was just really shitty because I'm like, that's not what I can, that's not what I consented to. You know, I think that like sometimes artists are just not aware of like what their audience sometimes, how their audience perceives them or what, the, what their audience is coming to see. And so I think that it's, I would have been upset to be honest, like, because I would have been hella irritated, especially if I'm an openly queer person. I'm like a cis person, so it's a little bit different for me. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. I definitely agree. I just feel like 
I mean, I had to think about it like, and I didn't think about it until you mentioned it either because my husband can bring up all those, you know, him bringing all those people out there. And I'm just like, like you said, it's much different for like a cis presenting person um, who kind of like can function in that space and kind of listens to these spaces. But there's also a lot of people who can't and just feel like that energy being brought yeah. in by them brings in memories of, of, of like what they've are consistently struggling to like get away from this like hypo hyper masculine like yeah. intolerant energy that you're bringing into the space and like that's completely unfair so i think and, it, and not only is it unfair you surprised me with this it wasn't yeah. even like okay like i knew she was gonna bring somebody out but i just didn't know you just surprised us completely with this you didn't even right. give me it because half not my saying they wouldn't because it's still you know it's a Beyonce. But, I'm sure some people probably would not have bought tickets. They was like, they might have been like, I don't want to see him. Right. <laughs> I don't care for him. I, me personally, would have been annoyed. Most of the people she brought out are not people who I would be like, hella excited to see. So I would have kind of been irritated. Like, where is B? Because that's what I can't see. Like, <laughs> I think, yeah, that's true. Because I, I feel like you don't have an option. It's unlike, it's not like a, like the music festival we're going to in October where you can like choose, oh, I want to hear artists <laughs> on this day and that day. I can avoid all those artists. Like, no, and I'm not here. No I have to they bring certain people. Like this wasn't even one of them situations. So I'm like, okay, girl, like, don't get too cute. <laughs> did that? Did that make you think of Beyonce in a different way, though? Like she allowed them to come on stage because I feel like, you know, I do feel like she 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 takes a little bit of a little bit of fault in this you know i'm sorry to say but i, I think she like... takes some fault in this because it is her tour it is her name and we know if we don't know nothing about, else about beyonce we know she runs her shit so mm. the fact that she's allowed we know none of those people got on that stage without parents for you right so yeah. the fact that you did a lot and you didn't think about it it do make me look at her a little bit like not in a negative way but more like in a, i think she should be more aware way of how yeah. this may come up to her fans yeah I think that also, I think part of that comes from her also, she's clearly an ally, but coming from uh, the lens of a cis, straight yeah. woman, right? So she probably didn't even take the, the second to think about like, oh, how that might affect certain people. Exactly. Like, I mean, you, she wouldn't think like they're popular. I'm sure they want to come hear them, but it's like, yeah. oh, she didn't really come think like how big that might be for certain people. So like i although i do think that there's a certain level of like i wish she had noticed this i also can't 100 blame her for that also but i also don't think like i'm putting a lot of that on dj Khaled too because it's like you don't always this fear of like being perceived a certain way you have to like uh, overcompensate the other direction right and so it's like you knew you were coming to this space that was predominantly full of women and queer men right and so queer people and you still decided to bring out these artists because these are the artists you're comfortable with you these are the artists yeah, that you're absolutely. comfortable representing this is what you see. wanted to represent and be a part of you didn't want people voguing and doing all that on stage you wanted to make sure you know niggas was turning up so you had to make sure that you know you brought out certain like you know i just think that that's corny but, and it know. brings up like and that's i think it's perceiving like what is your safe space compared to other people's because that's very much that's your safe space right that's what you're comfortable with that's what you like feel like 
is an example of you, but that's not uh, an example of where you're at. Or take take a tone of the room. Nobody want. Nobody was. Like, <laughs> Raise well, the room, girl. Good, but well, I'm sure in the moment it's like everybody's excited, like oh, okay. But I think that you know the voices who are saying that are very a small, a very small minority of voices. So. Yeah. Oh my god, that's just well, yeah. But I still love you, so. Yeah, you know, play us fuck up. Don't come for the hot job. Play us fuck up, okay? Everybody's it, human. Everybody's human. I think that's so true. We have to understand. Even that. our, even our queen. Even the queen. <laughs> even the queen is fallible. Even the queen is fallible. <laughs> um, <laughs> wait, what? Is? I said, Shh, don't say it too loud. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. You know. <laughs> cancel before we start please don't <laughs> um but yeah so that's um that's pretty much it today so i just wanted to talk about like what that means to be in a safe space what that means for us to find our own safe space and i think i would just close this episode just to tell you guys like find your safe space whatever that is it's important to have one because you need to have a space where you can be totally yourself, where you can feel confident and comfortable to express who you are and be what you want to be. Um, and even if that means just finding your safe space a little bit throughout the day or finding a safe space you can think about or go to or a person that you can count on to be your safe space um, in moments of need. I think that's super important because especially us as black people in the society we're living in now, we are so few of um having those spaces that are just for us. And the more your identities kind of overlap, because then you become, you know, you're a black woman, you're a black gay woman, you're a black queer man. So the more those identities cross, I feel like the less spaces you start having, because then it's like, okay, it's a safe space for black folks, but it's a safe space for me as a black woman, or it's a safe space yep. for me as a queer person. And so now your safe spaces are shrinking um, more and more. So just always look out and try to find your safe space. I think that's super important. Any final thoughts, Beans? No, I think I said everything I need to say. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> but just as a reminder, you know, just as a follow-up, just, you know, if you don't take nothing away from it, just, if you are the creator of that space, I do think that you have a responsibility to the people that you created the space for to honor the original vision of the space and to be respectful of other people's perspectives. Like, some people may see things a little differently to you and just be open to that. Mm. be open yeah yeah open to always be open to growth please be open to growth please and we hope you you see this show as a safe space to come and um listen and hear about stuff that maybe isn't being talked about in your regular community or you want to just hear you know black folks vitting, black folks talking because that's what we're gonna do we're gonna talk about the shit that we go through on a daily basis and how it affects us and how to get through it. So please use this podcast as well as any other podcast you have um, that are targeted towards black people and black culture as a safe space you can go to also. So thank you for joining us on this premiere of our season two episode of the breakdown Woo-hoo! podcast. You can find us on our social medias, uh, your breakdown podcast at gmail.com and um, your breakdown podcast on Instagram, um, and I guess X. I guess we're calling it X now, the former Twitter. Yes. I guess. Yes. Um, no, there's there's that. Um, yeah, so <laughs> we'll see y'all next time 
Um, be safe. All right. Bye.